Howdy everyone. I am super excited about this episode because we have none other because we have none other than Nikki Ballou with us today. Nikki, how are you doing today? Nicholas, I'm blessed and grateful. Thanks for having me on the show. Awesome. So I'm going to do a quick little bio because I think it's very interesting that we just set the scene quickly. You're the founder of eCircle Academy, where you run year-long mastermind and educational programs, working with coaches, consultants, corporate trainers, clinic owners, realtors, a smorgasbord of folks. Uh, basically, people focused in the service-based or service-based entrepreneurs. Uh, you also are an author, so you're quite busy, and you've written a couple of best-selling books. One, Finish Line Thinking, How to Think and Win Like a Champion. The Thought Leader's Journey, A Fable of Life and the Power of Connecting, How to Activate prof uh, Profitable Relationships by Serving Your Network. And I think networks, and you probably have quite a substantial network yourself, so you're the, the right person to chat about it. Other than that, you also have two podcasts. Uh, one is uh, the number one podcast in the world on thought leadership, uh, The Thought Leader Revolution. And you've interviewed over 500 of the biggest names in the industry. And you've been interviewed yourself hundreds, if not thousands of times. So, Nikki, it's a true privilege, privilege to have you on board today. Nicholas, thank you. Uh, you honor me, man. Grateful to be so, here. Looking forward to the conversation. So, it seems like you like helping entrepreneurs. And... Let's maybe talk, go back a little bit into your journey and how you and how you started out and how you are able to give the sort of guidance to entrepreneurs. Absolutely. So I'm actually originally an immigrant from the Middle East. I'm a Christian from Iran. When I was 11 years old, the Islamic Revolution took place in Iran. And my late father, God rest his soul, he could see the writing on the wall that this wasn't going to be a place to raise a Christian family. So he made a plan and he got us out of Iran and he settled us where I now live eventually, which is Toronto, Canada. Now you got to understand, when I was 11, I didn't want to leave my home. I didn't want to leave my friends. But looking back now, it was the single greatest thing my father could have done for me and for the rest of our family. He took us from a legacy of tyranny to a legacy of freedom. And I think inside every human breast beats the living heart of freedom. We all want to live a life of our own choosing. And that's why I think everyone who gets to live in a free country, in the free West, needs to be very grateful. And lately, there seems to be, unfortunately, a little bit of a amnesia, collectively speaking, among people in the West of how amazing these societies truly are. And I'm here to remind everybody, if you're an entrepreneur especially, you need to believe in freedom. You need to believe in free expression. And you need to believe in free enterprise. Otherwise, you won't have an opportunity to create a business of your own choosing. And my late father, he was an entrepreneur. He's also the greatest man I ever knew. If you knew him, Nicholas, and you were looking for work, he'd sit you down in his office and he'd call all his friends who were business owners until he got you a job. You browbeat them 
until one of them hired you. And he'd say, okay, Nicholas, you're starting tomorrow at such and such place, such and such job, such and such salary. Good luck. If you're trying to start a business, he'd sit down with you and try to help you get your business going. If you were trying to buy a car or a house and you didn't quite have enough money, dad would give you a loan to top you up and he'd never let you pay it back. And people always say to me, Nikki, are you kidding me? Like, come on, who does that? That's not real. I said, well, the late great Napoleon Ballou, at least for one, he did, he did that. And why would he do that? They'd ask me next. And I'd say, well, first of all, he was a devout Christian. He believed he'd been blessed by God. And it was his duty to share those blessings with other people. But secondly, he did it because he could. He was successful. He had money. And I wanted to be just like my dad. I wanted to be somebody who helped people. I wanted to be somebody who helped uplift people. And my father always would tell me, son, life is about people, not money. And I always would nod my head, not really getting it because I was a kid. Then he'd say, business is about people, not money. And then I'd go, wait up, dad. Of course, what are you talking about? Business is about money. Without money, there's no business. He said, yeah, son, but that money only is a function of people. See, the purpose of business, he said, is to solve problems for people and make a profit. P, P, P. If you think about that, that's the whole purpose of business. Solving acute problems for amazing people and making an awesome profit out of it. So I got into business and I became a coach. I've done various types of coaching, but I've coached people really in transforming themselves as human beings. I've coached people in health and fitness. I used to work with Olympic champion athletes and multi-billionaires, and they were my clients. And Then I finally got into the coaching of entrepreneurs. And I got to tell you, that's been the most satisfying for me because I think entrepreneurs are society's greatest heroes, except for the men and women who fight, bleed, and die in the military and law enforcement to keep the rest of us free and, sh and safe. They're the ones with the dreams to go make life better for all of us. An entrepreneur with a dream can create so many jobs, can create so much belief in people who see him do it. And the people that see him do it believe in themselves. They think if he can do it, I can do it. And so that's what it was all about for me. But I ran into a problem for these entrepreneurs. Many of them are good people, Nicholas, but they don't understand business. They don't understand sales and marketing. In fact, sales scared them. They didn't want to be seen as pushy or salesy or cutthroat, as you put it, before we started speaking. And the problem is they wouldn't go after business. They should go after. You, you know what I'm saying, Nicholas? They would not go after business. They should go after because they didn't want to be seen of reeking of commission breath. <laughs> right? So me, I saw this and I go, how can I help these people not shoot themselves in the foot? Because they, everybody loses when that happens. You lose. You don't get the business. The client loses. They don't get the help from you to help them solve their problem. Even the charlatan marketer who comes in and grabs the business, he doesn't care whether he gets them a result or not. He loses because what goes around comes around. And I thought, okay, let's reframe selling to serving. Nicholas, no one wants to be sold, but don't you love being served by a caring human being? If you're an advocate for other people, you love people who advocate for you. And just helping people reframe that, help them double, triple, quadruple. 
tenfold their business. And really, that's how I got started in business because I believe every human being needs someone to believe in them, someone to care about them, someone who believes in the majesty of their soul and the majesty of their dream. And in addition to needing someone to believe in them, to spark the belief into a roaring fire in them, they also need to know how to persuade people effectively to do business with them. And really, that's what it's all about for me. I believe in people. I love on people. I show them how to be effective persuaders. I show them how to stand up from a crowd as thought leaders so it's easier for them to do the job of persuading. Well, that was a heck of an introduction. We may as well just end it there. I mean, you've uh, pretty much uh, given some a whole <laughs> host of wonderful pearls of wisdom, which, I mean, there's so many things we can, we can talk about there. But, but, Nikki, one of the things I want to start off with is the importance of role models. And then I want to go into uh, teaching versus coaching, because it seems like you've got a teacher's heart, but the, the term you have is, uh, is, is coaching. Your, your father sounds like a, a, fantastic, a fantastic chap. Um, my dad was a priest, so there was no entrepreneurial, or is a priest, sorry, not was. Uh, uh, so there's no entrepreneurial bent there. But my mother and my, and my grandmother were the entrepreneurs in the family. And I think that I've got this balance of the public speaking from my father, the, the, the love of speaking to people and teaching from my father and then my, my uh, sales ability from my Scottish, uh, uh, Scottish uh, ancestors on my, on my mom's side. So it, it's go. amazing how important, it's amazing how important um, family, not legacy, but your experiences from your youth are. Yeah, it's everything, man. You get shaped by your environment when you're growing up. There's no question about it. And a lot of folks don't have that. And I guess that's what you and your coaching, you, can, you basically are taking a lot of your learnings from, from your own life and trying to pass on you know, the, the joy that you have in, in what you do and some of the learnings in that. Now, I'm a teacher, so I, uh, I, I teach. And uh, part of that is to try and give my students the joy of learning, but also to try and set them up for success in a very turbulent and difficult world with ChatGPT, with AI, but every year has had its challenges. I mean, you speak about the Islamic Revolution. Um, there are big black swan moments that happen throughout one's life, and how you deal with that is obviously uh, the most important thing. Uh, dealing with challenges, let's look at, if, I don't know how many young folks you deal with, but you mentioned you, you dealt with Olympic sports people and folks like that. How do they overcome having a big defeat, for example? How do you take somebody who has you know, trained hard, done everything right, and we can do an analogy with business, done everything right, but still fails at the finishing line? How do they pick themselves up and, and keep going? Well, that's a great question. You know, one of my mentors who wrote the foreword to the second edition of Finish Line Thinking is an Olympic champion by the name of Mark McCoy. In the uh, 80s and 90s, he was uh, quite famous in Canada and abroad in track and field circles for running the high hurdles. He ran the 110-meter hurdles. That's what he won his Olympic gold medal for in Barcelona in 92. And he and I did business together for many years, and we've been good friends. And w once another friend of mine asked him a question on, an, on, a, on a show and asked him, Mark, what is the number one 
thing that people need to learn in order to become a champion. And you know, I've always been interested in what makes a champion a champion. And getting to hang out with Mark was, you know, uh, incredible. The law of proximity really worked for me because I learned from a champion how to be a champion. And he said, very simple. You need to learn how to lose. And when I heard that, I'm like, what do you mean by that, learn how to lose? Everybody knows how to lose. Most people lose so often. And he said, no, most people don't know how to lose. They lose, they just don't know how to lose. And I'm like, okay, Mark, what do you mean? He said, when most people lose, they take it as a personal uh, failing of themselves, that they are somehow a terrible human being, they're bad, that they're a loser. They, they, they take losing as meaning they're a loser. And so they stop trying. They don't do it again. They don't give it their full effort. And he said the difference between a champion and, and also ran is that a champion takes the lesson from the loss and seeks to fail a lot and fail quickly and learn until he iterates for himself winning. When a champion does that and he iterates winning, he's lost so many times on the way to getting to iterating winning. And a loser only loses once or twice and quits. So you think about that. That's pretty powerful. Well, it it brings you back to the story, uh, one of my, my favorite stories, which is of the brand 2UP. And that uh, chap so, tried and tried and uh, the b business uh, folded, so he sold it. And the next person thought, wait, there's opportunity here. So he, but he thought it needed some rebranding. So he, he called it 3UP and he failed. And the next guy thought, look, there's potential here, bought it. And he thought it's a branding thing, changed it to 4UP. And eventually... Uh, you know, the last chap got it and it was, uh, it uh, ended up being 7-Up and that was obviously very successful. But uh, the point is, <laughs> point is never, never to give up and learn from, and learn from, learn from other, folks, uh, other folks' mistakes. Uh, so, entrepreneurship, branding and, branding and sales. Now, you obviously have been on hundreds of podcasts and have also done quite a lot of a lot of interviews just uh, so that the audience knows you're not being paid a huge fee to be on this podcast why do you do it well that's a great question you know <laughs> i'm going to tell you something nicholas you are a very perceptive and intelligent man and you ask perceptive and intelligent questions because most times when i go on shows i get asked a lot of questions and many of them are similar and i'm not trying to in any way put people down because these questions are good and important and they get out the essentials of the story. But this is a next level question. This is kind of like a ninja level, PhD postgraduate doc level question. I just wanted to tell you that and acknowledge you for that because few people would think to ask that. But I'm gonna answer you because that's a great question. So there are three levels to my answer. Level one is, I believe, Nicholas, we live in a time, and as a Christian man, I think you'll appreciate this, the son of a priest, that people 
are scared and what's been going on in the world what the good lord has brought us in terms of adversity has many people shaken to their core shaken to their core and they need voices of inspiration to bring them back to some semblance of feeling good about themselves and i believe that myself and others the good lord has sent us here to be that voice of inspiration so I, I am grateful to, to the Lord for giving me that opportunity to, to be that. So that's level one. Level two, Nicholas. Well, I'm here to be of service to you as the host. Uh, my job is to make you think, man, this is the best guest I've ever had on this show. Wow, <laughs> that was awesome. This, this dude really was fun to interview. He made me look good. Damn, I need more guests like him, but there are probably not that many more guests like him. That's kind of like level two, right? Because you're taking a lot of time. You're putting in a lot of effort, a lot of money, a lot of energy into making this show come true. And I take that as a privilege that I have the opportunity to be on this show, to speak to you. And so I really want to make sure that you are thrilled, not just happy, satisfied, but thrilled. So that's, that's the second level. And the third level is for me as a businessman. As a businessman, the most important thing I've discovered, and that's why one of the books I wrote is called The Power of Connecting, is connecting with other great businessmen and businesswomen. So this day and age, you're not limited to who you meet at the local chamber of commerce or a local whatever, meetup or whatever podcasting the people who are podcast hosts at least the shows i go on they're all businessmen and businesswomen and i'm in the business of serving businessmen and businesswomen with what i do so the level three is i'm looking to make a connection i'm looking for you to say yeah this is a good dude i'm glad i met him business-wise and i want to stay connected with him Perhaps there's an opportunity for us to collaborate, for him to do business with me, me to do business with him, or simply make a connection to someone else with each other. Now, if you think about those three reasons that I go on shows, so as good as your question was, I'm clear that my answer was equally good because if a person wants to understand something, like one of the things I teach, Nicholas, is I teach businessmen and women how to make money from being a podcast guest from may 2022 to december 2023 18 months i've generated three hundred and fifty seven thousand dollars in 213 357,213 dollars in sales from being a podcast guest and this was not an accident it's because I have a three-level intention on coming into a show as a guest. And if someone's listening to this and they're going, man, I like to be a podcast guest. I'm telling you, being a podcast guest is amazing. It's a great idea. But if all you do is you come on a show and you just talk and at the end you say, that was great, you missed an opportunity. Well, you've covered a, a couple of good points. I'm going to start with your, your first point because I, I pulled up a couple of uh, 
a couple of interesting things here. One was uh, I spoke to you about you know being a light into the Gentiles, and you talk about <laughs> you spoke about trying to uh, people are having a tough time at the moment. They may be a little bit a little bit wayward, and. Uh, uh, yeah, I've made you, this is from Acts, I've made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. That's one. And then another one I like is about salt, how humans, well, how Christians uh, should be like salt and how salt goes a, a long way. So as salt enhances the flavor of food, Christians are encouraged to add spiritual flavor to the world, living in a way that brings out the richness and fullness of life Amen. in Christ. So, so um you know, and, and I can see this in, in certain folks that I that I engage with that some have got this this uh, this little light inside them that that others don't that others don't have, and it's beyond just selling, beyond just money. And you, when we go into your second your second point, um, I was typing blind here. So, but to be the best possible guest, uh, why I wanted to ask that the the question about why you do this is because. After, surely after 500 interviews, your energy levels dip. You um, have said the same thing over and over. And it was very nice to see you give such a passionate, rousing, excited uh, speech in the beginning. And it's like a comedian uh, rehearsing the same five-minute joke set a thousand times. They've got to give it with exactly the same excitement, exact same uh, energy each time. Otherwise, because you're, just, you're only as good as your last show, basically. And lastly... You're talking about making money out of um, uh, helping entrepreneurs make money, and this is a something I think some some sort of uh, spiritual folks forget is that you can't just wait for God to drop things in your lap. You have to go and get it. He gives you the tools and the techniques to go and do it. And <laughs> 500 podcasts in a year, etc. That is hard work. That is not fun work. And uh, that's how you generate money. It's not. It's not by um, just saying uh, um, hopes and prayers. It's by using the skills you've got and going ahead and doing them. So I, I, I really love that uh, that three point answer that uh, that you've got. So very happy to have you on the show. Let's carry on. Let's see what other interesting questions I've got here. Now, personal branding. You obviously are are quite uh, quite good at this. And again, this comes through the through the podcasts. Um, the entrepreneurs that you work with, are they individuals or are they part of companies? Or how do you uh, connect individual brands, so me building my personal brand with a company, or are you focusing purely on individual brands? That's a great question. So we uh, have two different sets of programs. So one of them is for the entrepreneur who is a smaller entrepreneur, who's uh, maybe even a solopreneur or has maybe one, two, three staff. They are the business, essentially speaking, right? So these tend to be folks like coaches, like consultants, like um, professional trainers, um, professional speakers, Perhaps, uh, you, you know, someone who's a chiropractor and owns a practice and wants to do more than just be a chiropractor. Those types of folks. So the brand and their expertise is at the center of what they do and how they make money and how they serve the world. So that is like our eCircle Academy has been primarily focused on those types of folks. But just this year, we started to attract some founders 
of larger concerns. These are people with 10, 20, 30, even $50 million firms who started to see that there was value in their personal brand being infused with their company because it would allow them to, in a very authentic way, attract um, more customers, more of the right type of employees, and more investors. Imagine being the Elon Musk of your industry. That's very powerful because if you're Elon Musk, everybody wants to buy products from your companies. If you're Elon Musk, uh, people want to work for you. I mean, they, they, they basically walk through fire to work for you, and investors throw money at you. And so thought leadership, the CEO is thought leader, the, the, the founder is thought leader, is very powerful for those folks. And we've had a few that clients like that, and they've been very, very happy. But the bread and butter of our business has been the coach, the consultant, the strategist, the, the, the fellow whose business is typically under $2.5 million. Most of them, frankly, are around 100000 maybe even a little below to about $300,000. We're really, really successful at helping those people tap into the love that they have in their hearts because we only work with good people. We have a no a-hole rule. You know what I mean? No a-holes around. No jerks allowed, right? So you've got to be a good human being for us to work with you. But if that is who you are, a big part of what we teach you is how to let your heart shine to people so they see that. They know they're dealing with a good person because that's what buyers want. More than anything, they want an authentic, good human being who cares, Nicholas. And for us, that's a big part of what we show people. And let me give you a story, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. So there was a man who came to us. Unfortunately, he passed away last summer. It was very sad. He had cancer and, and, and he passed on. But he came to us when he was 57. And... Um, he had been an executive vice president for a manufacturing company in Canada. But he didn't want to do that anymore, so he went and became an, a business coach. So he made a lot of money as an executive vice president. He made 350000 a year. He didn't make a lot of money when he met us as a business coach. He made maybe 70000 a year. So it was quite a big come down for him, right? And when he came to us, like he said to because he'd seen some other people we'd helped do really, really well. And he just would, he came to me, he says, how'd you help that dummy make so much money? I'm 10 times as smart as that guy. How come he's making a million a year and I'm making 70,000, man? I just laughed. And I said, look, man, what do you really want? He says, at least I want to replace my income that I used to make before. And if I could do better, that'd be great. So we sat with him and we did a deep dive with him. And this was not, like a you know something that happened like in a single meeting it took time but we have a three-day program for thought leadership and this fellow we helped him figure out okay who are you going after because at first he was like I'll, I'll help anybody with any business problem and that was his first mistake that's why he wasn't doing well so we helped him do a an analysis of who he could really help and what type of problem he really liked to solve. And the problems he liked to solve were around growth, because that was his thing when he was a manufacturing CEO. He was the growth guy. So he started to work with lawyers, attorneys, but who were the sole proprietor, the sole owner of their practice. So no partners. That was important for him. Didn't want to deal with committees. And these were guys who had like at least a 
mid-six-figure, seven-figure practice and wanted to triple, quadruple it. So when we helped them get all this figured out, and as I said, this took time. It took a good six months for all this to get crystallized for him. He very quickly went from making $7,000 a month, even less, to making forty and $50,000 a month. He went as high as 60000 He thought, oh, I'm working too hard. Let me drop back down. <laughs> and so he was making about 500000 a year, which was more money than he made as an executive vice president. But back then, he worked 60 hours a week. And now, as a business coach, he was working 30 hours a week. And 30 hours a week, he loved it. That was, he liked working about that much, no more. And you think about that, helping someone like him get all that sorted out was beautiful because he, had, he lacked clarity. So we helped him get clarity on who his client was, clarity on his message. And that is what thought leadership is. Thought leadership is about clarity. You need to be clear on what you do and who you do it for. And it has to be about more than the money. Because if it's just about the money, then you're not a thought leader. You're just a charlatan who's trying to pretend you're a thought leader. And that's not really going to work well for you. I, th I think that the point on clarity, obviously, is, I mean, I push that with my students when it comes to any marketing campaigns as well. Be very clear on your goals. Be very clear on the, the single-minded single minded thing that you want to, to promote to, to your market. But it... The, the funny thing is, and I think this goes beyond business, is that most people don't know themselves. And what these coaching processes do, I suppose, is they help crystallize what you know already into a form that is useful to other people. And it's very important to have people who are skilled at being able to, you know, not to look at the, the whole picture and chip down like, Michael, like Michelangelo did with, with David, that block a very bland block into something very beautiful. And I suppose that's what you as a coach do, is that that latent, you know, David is already sitting in that marble. Um, but you've, uh, I mean, you're not, you're not creating a uh, six-figure, seven-figure individual. They're already there, but they just need that, that guidance. Very well put, Nicholas. Very well put. That's exactly right. Because inside every human being is God-given potential. And it's there. It's latent, you know. And this whole process of self-discovery, personal branding really is about self-discovery. But self-discovery from a commercial point of view. Hmm. Okay. So most people who engage in self-discovery exercises don't understand that if you're doing this for business... You need to figure out how this self-discovery can get you paid and get you income. And I think it's especially important for Christians to hear this because many Christians think, oh my God, well, no, it can't be about the money. God doesn't want me to make money. What are you talking about? I mean, there's, the Bible is replete with examples of God saying that he intends for you to live an abundant life, an abundant life. This includes money, you know, and I know there's a lot of Christians who like don't agree with this, but I think that especially in North America, there are a number of pastors like Joel Osteen who preach something called the prosperity 
gospel, which draws upon the Bible many, many instances in which God himself says to his flock that I intend for you to have an abundant life financially, spiritually, relationally with all the people that you love in every single way. This idea that we're supposed to be poor, it's a lie. It's a lie. And I think it's very important for us to get comfortable with being abundant. You can only truly be of service to people if there's an abundance for you to share with others. If you don't have enough to even take care of yourself, how the heck are you going to be able to take care of anybody else? Well, I suppose it goes to... uh another point of in the bible there are only two instances of them talking about manna from heaven so free things from heaven the rest is harvesting and sowing and reaping so there's a lot of hard work involved in it and i think people need to you know the abundance comes from also putting putting in in the hard work you said something a little bit earlier that that resonated with me quite nicely because i've struggled to help people understand why it's important to do thought leadership and I think you just put it very succinctly in terms of people want to work for you, uh, investors want to invest with you, and people want to buy your stuff. I think I can't, I can't actually put it any better than those, than those three points you've had there. So if anyone is, is vacillating on whether to do thought leadership and why it's important to understand what your message is and get it out there on podcasts, social media, LinkedIn, etc., go and do it. Um, Nikki. Is there anything about you? Uh, I mean, I'm sure people can, will go and have a look at some of your hundreds of interviews after this. But is there something <laughs> other than being a, uh, a refugee from, from Iran uh, and being a speaker and interviewing interesting folks that we don't know about you? There's probably tons you don't know about me. I'll tell you a couple of things. But before I do that... <laughs> I want to address one last thing around thought leadership, and I want to be really clear on this. Thought leadership is not the act of posting on social media. It's not the act of going on a podcast and speaking. That's not thought leadership, okay? That's really, if that's not done properly, that's just glorified influencer type marketing. And influencer marketing can be very effective. But these people that go on social media and they say things like, work hard, you're enough, um, <laughs> wake up early. The, these are cliches that are in and of themselves not very useful to people. Thought leadership has to involve you doing the deep thinking, thinking to come up with original ideas that can be applied to solve acute thorny problems for the people that you care to help. And I want to reiterate this. If a CEO is listening to this and go, you know what, I'm going to be a thought leader. Yeah, I'm, I'm, i got a podcast. Yeah, it's all good. No. No, it's not. Not even close. Not remotely close. And I mean not remotely close. If you haven't done the thinking to structure your thoughts to put them out there in a useful format for people, you're not a thought leader, okay? You're not, you're just a glorified influencer. You know, you're the intellectual equivalent of someone on Instagram showing off their abs. That's all it is. And don't be that guy, don't be that gal, okay? 
And so I suppose you can, you sure can do as that. much damage. Well, I suppose you can do as much damage with bad thought leadership or <laughs> thought leadership as uh, uh, than doing nothing. So, yeah, your point there, well taken. You know, you've got to do the groundwork first and make sure you've got something useful to, to talk about before you, you get anywhere. And yes. that's that preparation that you're talking about. It's going to take time. Yes. You need coaching. You need guidance in order to, in order to do that. Yes. Nikki, where can, I send, where can I send people to find out more about you and your books? Okay. Um, to find out more about me, you can really just type my name. It's a pretty unique name. I don't think anyone else in the world has it. So if you go on any social media platform and you put in at Nikki Baloo, you'll find me and, you know, just say, hey, I'd like to connect and I'll connect with you. I, I, I really don't turn people away. But if you are um, interested in having a conversation about yourself and your business and you're thinking about how you can use thought leadership to great effect for yourself then i recommend you go to my main website ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment and get on my calendar let's have a conversation great i'll put those links in the descriptions that folks have got them but nikki it's been a, a you, true Nicholas. pleasure chatting with you and i'm sure we could keep going for ages and ages but i think i need to give your voice a break so that you can be fresh and invigorated <laughs> for your next for your next call <laughs> i appreciate it i do want to briefly answer the question you asked me because i didn't properly answer it which yeah, was go ahead what's something people don't know about me i love to read man i've like read four thousand books and i read about a hundred books a year so that's a that's a fun fact about nikki Bullock. Any, is that is that business related? Is that fiction, nonfiction? What is your what is your poison? It's all of it, brother. I like to read business books. I like to read biography, history, fiction, poetry. You name it, man. I just like to read. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll have to get a list of some of the the top books for folks to read as well. Nikki, again, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for your time and have a blessed you day. Yours. You too, my friend. Thanks for having me on the show. God bless you. Cool. Nikki, thanks.